0: uh not much uh this week has just been uh i mean i've just been watching a bunch of stuff this week and um uh preparing for dracula dracula is uh auditions are next week uh so you know things are rolling up are
1: you, are you still are you still on track to uh this will be the spring 2024 uh theater performance
0: that is correct
1: oh wow can't believe it's... it it's going to be here soon
0: yeah i mean i like to think months but uh yeah no it's it's gonna be here soon uh and it's uh that that project is is uh has already been sort of creeping uh up on me but as of next week it will kind of officially take over and you know kind of move up to the
1: do you do you yet know where you will put your picture of jack nicholson on the stage
0: (laughs) yes i do actually oh okay don't want to spoil it here i do Uh, yeah i do Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's one of the first things i came up with i went Oh well, of course I'll just put it right here. Nobody'll ever know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. See, there's Easter eggs in theater. People. There are. I I don't know if anybody. I mean, I I did have. Uh, you know, I haven't directed anything for like five or six years on stage, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the last time uh, it was in Shrek, and um, it was inside uh, the dragon's costume, so that the person who was doing the dragon could see the. Mm-hmm a little picture and it was a picture of him from Little Shop where he was, you know, getting getting tortured. So it was kind of fun.
1: Yeah. Well that reminds me we need to uh mention to students too uh there's a holiday scramble coming up uh in December if they want to take part uh in that oh is this a
0: sidewalk thing or is yeah. what a well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. You know how they do this that cool. we
1: did, you know, the same kind of scramble. So I think it's I'm going to be out of town, but, uh
0: I'm, you know, just holiday case, anyway. scramble. That's what it said. I thought that was just Hallmark. You could just watch Hallmark.
1: Well, we're going to do that anyway
0: and get a holiday scramble. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> That's fun. I mean, it kind of sounds like Hallmark, right? It's like, oh, come get your holiday. You know, it could
1: be, omelet. You know, they you know. do they they hold the themes out, so it might be Hallmark. Who knows?
0: It's it's hard to say. With psychology. have you? When was the last time you watched a Hallmark movie, Jeff? Um.
1: Oh, I watched one because uh, how did this get made? Did the hallmark movie and uh it was a lot of fun <laughs> it was during the pandemic and they did one of their webcasts uh and uh we we participated in that and that was okay a
0: lot of fun. all right so the question that our audience wants to know and i think that wh- whether we uh are brave enough to do it or not but should we before we end season three do a episode oh boy where where we both watch hallmark movies
1: i i vote yes because i think it'd be we, we,
0: fun right let's know. just try it right let's yeah. not be so highbrow academic that we can't go and watch a really formulaic like uh hallmark movie and then make fun of it right i mean you that's know, uh that's the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the something
1: like the holiday detective something something along those i'm sure that exists by the way i just i just said that off the cuff but i'm sure that there's like four sequels and
0: it's yeah, we should try to franchise. find the most obscure, bizarre. Like, I mean, we, we'll find the most outrageous stretch of the formula. Right? We'll try okay. to find the the ones on the fringe. Right? The margins, <laughs> because I'm sure within the hallmark, I I'm being a little facetious because I know some people listen to this podcast. Who make those movies uh, and who work on those movies? So this is absolutely no disrespect to those people because well, them, I know they should.
1: They should be that able to it's very very list. good.
0: Well, it's very very good employment. Uh, I'm sure if I asked Daniel and some others, they would probably. I mean, that I know ones that they've worked on, but I don't know if I want to, you know, review things that you know
1: yeah that's true uh,
0: well that they've worked on things on right that they've worked on uh but um but yeah i mean so you know i there there are folks who are really deep in that industry uh and it's consistent work and um you know so they're very grateful but they're also very aware you know of what they're working on um so it's it makes for a fun set atmosphere
1: yeah did you catch the uh the john waters uh marathon on tcm last
0: night i i saw a little bit of it and i noticed where in january um at the um uh, at the academy museum in mm-hmm. los angeles they're doing a tribute to him mm-hmm. uh and they're sort of also at the same time going to celebrate some of the uh lgbtq uh underground movement uh cinema folks uh that are working in uh in, in the area so yeah. i kind of like circled it it's in like january february i was like i wanted to circle it and be like I wonder if I should just fly out there and you know just kind of pop in and you know just say hey, remember me last year, whatever. And can yeah. he can, uh, can he
1: can he pull a Ted dancing on you and go hey, guy? Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know he he was so generous when he was here, Jeff, because he you know when he performed at Low Mill that night, like he stayed around and just hung out with us. I mean, he just you know sat down on the edge of the stage and told us all to come in and we all circled around him like a little graduate seminar. It was hilarious. And we all just had a conversation. It was about eight or nine people total with him. And it was just great. You know, it's just like we got this one-on-one workshop with him, right. Where he was just talking about really any and everything, you know, he's pretty, He's a pretty transparent person, as we know. As, as we, we
1: know. Yeah, as I was going to say. And for those of you who might be new to the show or don't know, if in our back catalog, we have an interview with John Waters. Uh, so go and look that episode up in our uh, in our catalog. Uh, in case you didn't know, we're Lonely PhDs. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. He's Dr. Joseph Watson. On this show, we uh, review movies. This week, it's our sex, violence, neo-noir, paranoia double feature i mean this turned out to be quite the week uh, uh for us as we were texting back and forth uh yeah. watching, watching some of these films um the two films this week are under the silver lake from 2018 direct written and directed by david robert mitchell and nightcrawler 2000, God, 2014 has it almost been 10 years yeah. um written and directed by dan gilroy um so i i, I want to jump in with under the silver lake go for first it. because this has got to be quite honestly, the strangest film we've watched uh, in, in our, in, in our show um, I'm going to read the IMDB summary. Cause it, it okay. makes me, it's kind of humorous. Uh, <laughs> Sam uh, played by Andrew Garfield, a disenchanted young man finds a (laughs) mysterious woman swimming in his apartment's pool one night the next morning she disappears sam sets off across la to find her and along the way he uncovers a conspiracy far more bizarre now i i find it interesting and i'll open with this disenchanted i'm looking at my notes and i'm thinking to myself (laughs) no no i'm thinking i'm thinking (laughs) i'm thinking scumbag yeah that's that's yeah. really what I I mean. Am I being uh, uh not being fair there?
0: <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot to like about him. I mean, he doesn't really seem to have much. Yeah, you know, no, I mean no, he he, he punches you. he punches children,
1: he I punches say, women, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Was, you know. uh, um uh disengaged, uh detached, um <laughs> obsessed, uh perhaps mentally unhealthy, um okay. in a number of ways. Um yeah, all those things are fair garfield's great in this movie though i mean it's a great performance
1: oh it is yeah it is. yeah was it's this... really it's really good this was after spider-man though yes
0: wasn't it? okay
1: because yes. there's the spider-man meta joke in there um that's kind of gross um honestly uh, yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah no i i so so i have started to sort of uh lovingly call this movie everything under the pop culture lake yeah uh, um because it it is neo-noir and i don't how how the hell did you come across was it just like on HBO Max, and so you just? No,
1: I came across this film when it first came out uh, back oh, in twenty really? eighteen because this was also the guy who did It Follows. Um, right, and I was right, right. I was very curious about what he was going to do, and I saw a preview for it uh, 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 at the movies. And
0: did you see this in
1: the movies? Did no no, no, no the I theater? saw okay no no I saw it at home but
0: well, this would uh, have been a wild ride in the movie theater man, oh man sure. I think <laughs> I think it would have been very
1: upsetting yeah uh, yeah even more so than
0: it is I yeah mean, this is
1: let me let me be very clear about this this is a very upsetting film <laughs> this, it you even I mean you texted me very uncharacteristically and were very upset <laughs> what was what what is it that's this let's uh okay okay
0: mean, so it was basically uh when um i started texting you right after the first reveal with the dog killer like who potentially could be the dog killer right i think and, it's him but that's just me. yeah what i do too know. i think we're supposed to sort of i think there's enough evidence to support that that i mean i i that's the moment where I went, oh, shit, okay, this is going to be one of those movies where we're constantly going to be questioning like whether what is happening is really happening or whether it's all not real and in his well, we, or someone else's head, right? I was going to say we
1: definitely have unreliable narrator syndrome. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah,
0: I mean, I'm just like, oh, crap, okay, the unreliable narrator, here we go, okay um so the lines are going to be blurred and that moment where you know he's in the park and i'm not i'm not giving too much away but when he's in the park yeah. and he's walking and he sees the dog and then he yeah. sees you know that the, uh, that's where i went what the fu-? this movie is fucking like all over the like it's crazy like um uh and and then at that point i remember and it was about 15 minutes in right yeah. 20 minutes in maybe first act yeah. and i just went okay I'm just going to buckle in. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to go for it yeah. because I love this kind of stuff. I love the movie and I love, um, you know, the fact that it is awfully difficult to, uh, to get through some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I like what it has to say. Um, well, I think like, you know, okay, about, this... particularly about obsession for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it just, it, 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 in general has a lot to say about, uh, uh, this is an interesting pairing I think with Fight Club uh, Because it has a lot to say about Current masculinity And the way that Yes That young men Are sort of going about their business Because all the young men that we meet in this film Are of the same cut I, I would think even the Topher Especially like the, his friend is Topher Grace Who's yeah. playing also just basically A dirtbag Yeah um, <laughs> You know who watches uh, women through their window with with a uh, with a drone, which is again just so upsetting um, and so unsettling. Um, I I love the one-off comedy mates too. It's just like, where'd you get this from? He's like, where do you get everything? Amazon. Um, You know, which we could we can look into that being much larger oh, yeah. commentary on things along with the consumers i mean our 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 main protagonist he's got no job he's got no future he's at least got a mama i don't think he's got a papa um you know what what was the point do you think of the mother like i couldn't i couldn't quite figure that out like is it kind of like a reset for him like mm, every probably. time she calls i i, I can't
0: Um, I, I think that in movies like this a lot, you have like a recall, like it's something that is sort of supposed to ground our character, but maybe also us like back into maybe contemplating what's real or not, or what we've just experienced. Um, uh, because it you know it's all about i mean every time she calls it's it, it, the, the conversation has nothing to do really with what's going on at least immediately before or after it's all about well i recorded this movie for you and i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna send it to you on video. i mean it's like <laughs> It <laughs> yes at that point it felt very like any time that a movie these days is using like physical media from the past. Like it's some sort of like I feel like they're trying to Easter egg something, right? Uh a, along the way. Well don't they um, end up
1: watching the movie? I mean they do he does, yeah.
0: yeah Uh and it's uh you know it's a it's a very um it's it's in reference to a famous actress from uh from early Hollywood mm-hmm. um that I think uh his uh female or sorry his woman um you know, neighbor is supposed other, to yes. sort right is sort sort of emulates her. Mm-hmm. Um I I so um how does Jeff as the noir person mm-hmm. how does this fit into the into the genre?
1: Uh, only very loosely. Um, okay. as as far as like the wandering narrative or the the the, the questionable narrator, but also the detective uh uh-huh. that in big quotes. Yeah, because, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, he's yeah. he's trying to uncover something or at least he thinks he's he thinks to. he does, right. Yeah, yeah he, he thinks he's onto something big which which speaks to a larger um I think uh a theme that that Mitchell's trying to get at with saying that the aimlessness of this particular generation is troubling to to a very large degree which is going on through which leads us to the songwriter you know uh especially uh which was is one of the more disturbing sequences and in a series of disturbing sequences that this movie continues to sort of unravel for us how did you react to to the songwriter like how did? what was your
0: uh it was really cool scene i loved that moment um because It was terrifying um, because there's such a reality to I mean, not not to the you know, the the one person writing everything, but the idea of the homogenization of everything that we think of as a diverse popular culture being whittled Mm. down into like those. I mean, yes, (laughs) that is a deconstructed kind of way of taking out pop culture and it um it it brings you know for me that's the critical moment in the movie where you're really supposed to be contemplating sort of the superficiality of our existence right um you know Baudrillard is like you know screaming in the wings right um uh i mean it's true i mean and so and and so yeah no i thought that was a great moment it was like for for me in some ways it was like as if I was a graduate student and had run into Baudrillard playing the piano right, and telling me all of those things, right? Um for me, it was that experience, but that's still terrifying, right? because we sit back and go, no, 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 this but this thing matters and and you know
1: or 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 the 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 revelation that perhaps an original thought isn't original, hmm. um or that there is no authenticity, um hmm. which is also something that Mitchell's getting at uh mm-hmm. about generational commentary here yeah you know it's just like all you do is just like follow things around and copy things and you don't really have a thought that's your own yeah right? like you
0: what know? are your genuine experiences and what are, what are your genuine experiences? Experiences? Yeah, you, know,
1: yeah. you know unfortunately you're influenced by you know pornography and uh you know uh, overstimulation. you know you're oversexed underemployed and yeah and i i, I gotta tell
0: you i in reference to this, where you where you're going with this, because it's it's certainly brought out at many at many times in the film, but in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, it's in the first act, and he has sex with his actress friend, not girlfriend, but just kind of like you know, friend with benefits, Buddy, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and while they're having sex in the bedroom, <laughs> I mean you cannot a be more right <laughs> i mean you cannot be more disengaged from what you're doing and more yeah. sort of mechan- mechanistically just sort of going through, through motions yeah. without any kind of connection or i mean it's like it's like that moment i was like wow that really captures a certain spirit of a certain generation and and the 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 consequences of yeah. overstimulation Yeah, well, I mean, they they can't even
1: not watch TV,
0: right? Right. While
1: while it's going on, and then
0: I mean, it's just so I just was laughing, right? Because I, I mean, I, it's terrifying, but I have to laugh at it because I'm deflecting the reality of knowing that that it's it's very true. You know, it speaks to uh, 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 it speaks to the culture right now. Directly.
1: Do Do you think a fault of this film then is that you were kind of alluding to it earlier while we were first introducing it? you know is that there's just too much going on here that there there's just it's like a kitchen sink film that unfortunately yes. it can't seem to parse its way
0: correct it, it's things. trying to do too much um uh that would be my only criticism of but i was with it i stayed with it i still have you know some questions i'm not even sure if that's really the point you know i probably and this is a long and, film it's it is a long one yeah. yeah it's uh and you uh you it's also very much kind of a slow burn. I mean, there's, there's things that happen that, you know, that, that excite you for, for a little bit and there's, you know, but it's, but it's very deliberate and it's pacing. And I think that's consistent with the other work I've seen. I mean, it follows is also very deliberately paced, you know, um, as, yeah, a, you're, as you're,
1: but you're a big champion of it follows.
0: Oh, I love so that like movie. You, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That movie is a giant love letter to, uh, to, to Carpenter and to Halloween and, um, but it also has its very, very great, unique take on the nature of evil. Right? I mean, I just, I just thought it was, it was really, really fantastic. Um, so to get to see something else of his and to start seeing some, some patterns in terms of, you know, okay, he likes the long take. He likes, you know, he likes doing these kinds of slow, uh, you know, well, moves. Uh, pans and tilts but he's he, but the camera's still a lot and yeah you know. he
1: also likes robert altman um a that's lot what because, i'm uh, you know, yeah the long, i mean the correct. long goodbye is referenced
0: right away with the with even with the naked neighbor i you caught know, that like, yeah. i wondered if it was i was like is that long goodbye or is it rear window good. or what you know like well it's fine you know yeah i think it's a little <laughs> both. yeah you know because yeah. yeah. there,
1: um, there's the the egregious uh hitchcock uh, uh cemetery reveal uh uh you know later with the great music cue that comes right. with
0: it so All right. um
1: you know what a great
0: place to have a movie screening though and a party is it a, like a celebrity cemetery like that and, i
1: think those are real
0: and, oh i, I know they're real they're, yeah that's yeah, cool yeah 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 no have you ever cool. have you ever been to one no but i've always wanted to go to one of those things Mm -hmm. what's
1: the Um, what's the do they have a certain like thematic that they choose is it someone that's buried in the cemetery that they show the film of or sometimes
0: uh sometimes the cemetery will do festivals uh like for hitchcock or i know in italy they do it for fellini a lot um You know, they'll just set up risers and seats and stuff around the piazza and they'll just put up the screen and everybody comes and they just show Fellini movies to celebrate, you know, his his life. Uh, But, yeah, um, they they will either do them thematically based on like whether it's a collection of short films or, you know, whatever. It's usually thematically based. And, Uh yeah, it's like a costume thing. And, you know, you can come in character and all that kind of stuff.
1: It's fun. Just also it's also curious because this, again, is in a long lineage of, of films that uses L.A. as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, both of our
0: films are, this week both were of set our films, in LA. It,
1: it, And it makes you just go, why the hell would anyone want to live here? You, you, you know that?
0: Oh like, come on! Don't rip no. my city now. No, oh, no L.A. is mean,
1: fantastic.
0: Of course uh, you want to live in Los Angeles. Everybody wants to live on. The, secretly, everybody wants to live in Los Angeles. Jeff.
1: Well, I mean, let me ask you then: is that is that one of the things going what? on here? And under the Silver Lake is like you know, no one no one can really think about living here but everyone wants to live here i mean everyone well okay i matter. mean
0: people so so like any major metropolitan city right there's like an inner circle of of a of a city that's not real right it's fabricated right i mean it's it's that's the that's the stuff that these movies are really kind of concentrating on right, right. the people who live in los angeles right like the 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 workforce the labor force right they live all around like in the suburban neighborhoods you know, so it's it's not, you know, or the Valley, right? I mean, it's not it, it, this stuff that these movies are referencing, both of our movies, but particularly this one, Silver Lake, is referencing that superficiality that you're right, I think, is sometimes a cinematic aphrodisiac that kind of draws people out there and says, well, I got to be out there because there's all this weird shit going on out there. I mean... In reality, if you want that, you could just move to New Orleans. But, but Los (laughs) Angeles. (laughs) But I do, I do get that Los Angeles, like other cities, right, can sometimes be a backdrop, and the way that it's, you know, sort of like, you know playing its story out can either be alluring or absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. right to somebody like i will never move to that city because i don't want to get you know sex traffic to the minute i gotta get off the bus you know it depends on what the story is and how they're using that as the backdrop um
1: well as as opposed to to we were talking about new york last los week, angeles is
0: not so. a reliable place in this right moment. and i
1: think that that's that's right. part of the point you know is is that like you know it's an un, it's <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be an unreliable place filled with a lot of undesirable or questionable, not undesirable, but questionable people of of a certain age. Um, and I think what disturbed me even more was that one of the, at one moment in the film, sort of the, uh, one of the young women characters is talking with andrew garfield who always seems to be around beautiful young women for some reason even though he's a complete scumbag he's a good-looking um, guy he's a good-looking guy um but uh you know she's just like i want to be young and enjoy my body and you know now's the time and all of this and it's just like this feeds into that superficiality again that yes. that you know that that he's getting and it's just like well what's the cutoff point you know, yes. that as a viewer is what I'm kind of left wondering is just like, well, what do you, I mean, it, it it's hard. I mean, did you think about yourself as younger when you were watching this one? Because I, I did have those moments where I was just like, was I ever such a scumbag as, as this guy? I mean, this is just.
0: Yes. I mean, yes. No, Well, not really. Not so much reflected on myself, but was reflecting on um. People that I knew growing up at that age and some of the things that they went through. And I was like, you know, w- remembering some things like, oh, yeah, that person really treated that person in the relationship really poorly and all this. Guy. But, but no, no, I didn't. The only thing that I kept, the only thing that, if anything, triggered me to my past, it was probably the touches in the movie where they really hit on the overstimulation of media. You know, um, for example, the uh, the masturbation scene is, is hilarious, right? I mean, it's just because it's just reinforcing that, you know, that idea and that concept of I want to have a real authentic moment or experience, but I can't get there because I've just been so saturated by all of this media stimulation mm-hmm. that I, I can't even get realistically – aroused it's it, it was you know it's just those were the kinds of things that because we've lived through so much of this now jeff to where we're starting to see like all these patterns and it's like whoa wow okay yeah
1: well i i well then i mean is it realistic to think about then when you talk about this because i i didn't think the film had a lot to say as far as like when it was really hammering on its paranoia aspects i didn't think it had a lot of new things to say would you would no. you think that that's fair uh, you
0: know yeah i think so because uh the um you know it's it's got that element to it where it's kind of like oh maybe he's stumbled across a conspiracy right that's like um that's real because some of these clues are starting to make sense and you know um but i found that part of the movie to be pretty formulaic and not like you know, it was like, oh, he's putting down codes. Oh, look, the scoreboard like gave him that. But was that real or is that just in his right? I mean, so it felt very, um, um, very formulaic in terms of it, because, I mean, we, we know that conspiracy rhetoric and conspiracy thinking is generated by information anxiety, which mm-hmm. comes from this sense of there's something that I should know that right. I don't know. And that I, and that all the information that I should know uh, is out there, and I just don't have time to get to it all, or it's not structured in the right way. So I've got to piece together all the clues and, you know, and it creates this anxiety. So we start thinking, well, there's a conspiracy. I don't have any power. It comes from that sense of powerlessness. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have control over getting to the information. So uh, it's difficult Mm -hmm. to get people out of that way of thinking because the next step is such and such x or y they are keeping me something Jack. from me you know right. they are right 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 right
1: well it's even even on the poster for the film it has the tagline you know the, they're they are hiding something or what, what do they have to hide from you right uh, or what are they concealing and you know not to get too qanon uh, uh with with these sorts of things I mean it, it is and I mean we live now in and why this film is interesting now and this came out in 2018 is that I think that it's an interesting film to put up there now in our more conspiracy-laden culture that unfortunately in america that we're living in right now in in late 2023 almost early 2024 of you know misinformation and conspiracies and they continue to unfortunately dominate too much of culture in my opinion
0: I, that's well funny. yeah look i i i appreciated the fact that this uh film was upfront and transparent about the conspiracy sort of narrative components right Um, but as, as someone who's really, you know, I've taught these classes, I've really delved into this conspiracy is, in it's, it's classical sense, conspiracy thinking used to be a sign of excellent critical thinking because it was a way of, you know, um, separating narratives and, and, and looking for the one piece of evidence or, or truth that would connect all of the dots right because conspiracy thinking is wonderful right so it's all titillating and exciting as you're listening to these probabilities and these possibilities and you know and trying to separate which is you know which is which what i like right? to call
1: hey man moments yes.
0: hey man yes that's right that's right but there but there comes a point at which you've got to detach from that you know, but the, but that initial process of conspiracy thinking as an exercise of critical thinking is not in and of itself bad. I mean, uh, Salvador Dali had the paranoiac critical method, right? Methodology, right? Like, so, you know, it's, it's just sort of taking those tenets and using it for positive outcomes. Right. But 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 definitely outlining where there's that link between. OK, but when the conspiracy theory asks you to take the leap. That's where the critical thinking's gotta come in, right? And go, well, wait a minute. So there was one bullet that entered the body through all these wounds that killed President Kennedy and all right. I mean, you start thinking about where the where the leaps are.
1: I I I want to shift quickly uh in. You talk don't want about... to talk about JFK? Okay. All right. No,
0: no, no, no. no, no, no. no. <laughs> um <laughs> not getting him going on that. Nope, nope, nope. He'll be going down the Whole yeah. Oliver Stone path can't can't do that can't you, do that can't you, you do that. good looking mammoth to Guest. That's right, that's right. Or or we got don't forget John Candy from last week, right? Oh, yes. The government's gonna dance all over your head, Jimbo, oh. and go cocka doodle doo. day dating you, sir? Yeah, like I told the
1: federal boys. No, before I see track. So here we go. No, um, I want to talk Oswald. I didn't know Oswald. To stop at you, um. I want to talk about the male gaze um, because this is in It Follows and now in this film also, you know, about this, about how creepy and unsettling the, the basically the male predator is, right? And so I mean, this is, again, this, this Sam character who's the lead in our film um, is just...
0: Gross. you don't like him yeah i don't, don't like I just, him at all yeah it, it just was
1: there anything him about him was it i mean absolutely there... not okay yeah absolutely not and that's i mean struggling. i would i would
0: struggle to find something but others like well i mean he's a human being but um yeah, yeah i mean other no because than that, everything sorry, has
1: it's for his gain everything yeah is for no his completely gain or for his or for his satisfaction i mean mm-hmm. even <laughs> the final image of this film alone i mean it's like he won you know and i'm just like oh just so it's such a gross film but did 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 you do you think that 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 Mitchell succeeded with this with with trying to show how disturbing the male gaze is yes with with this film
0: yes yes and you want to know what i think about the movie that is really great in relation to the male gaze at least to the way i saw the film mm-hmm. the owl lady Right, going to come after the male gaze if you got it right. The owl lady to me was the one I was like, oh well, there's there's the thing to fear right there because if you're you know yeah, that that to me was um was kind of the film's response to what you know what should be consuming the the male gaze
1: is 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 this and I'll close with this film on this. Is this a film you would recommend? Yes, or, or is this really? See, I would. Yeah, I, I you just, would
0: not recommend. Why? What's going on? I, yeah.
1: I think, I, I think it's just again because it's a kitchen sink thing. I think it's just so hard to really. I think, mm. it, not that upsetting things shouldn't be watched i just think mm-hmm. that this film is so upsetting and i know and people i know you know it's just like how do you even describe how do you i mean i i've read the imdb thing as sort of fun you know but i mean it's just like this is this thing's so hard to 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 pitch i mean
0: so, uh, i guess i guess i don't
1: uh, know I, I guess i shouldn't say no i wouldn't I, I don't know i guess i'm just on the fence with
0: it you're on the fence that's fair uh i think okay so i wouldn't recommend it to just anyone is that is that fair like i mean I, okay. I would i would certainly i mean it's not no if i didn't know someone in particular and their tastes or their likes or dislikes this is not one that i would just kind of toss out there off the top of my list right for somebody to watch but um I would definitely start with like, Hey, do you like movies that are more like journeys and experiences more so than kind of like linear cookie cut genre kind of films? Do you like something that's going to challenge you a little bit, shock you, make you think, Uh, you know, do you want to think, or do you want to just be entertained? You know I mean? That, 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 that kind of which is a very fair you know i mean i oh
1: no no with this it is absolutely i get
0: it yeah right. i mean and, and some people that i know you know they they say you know you think about films too much you know they tell me they're like you watch too much stuff you think about them too deeply you, you know and you i just teach go, film well,
1: for a living what, this what
0: is my job right yeah right. i mean so you know, this is what i do you know so um uh no i mean i and i couldn't can't imagine doing anything else right right um but i also am not part of that elitist i don't want to ever be a part of that elitist film snobbery culture that just says i'm not going to watch a hallmark movie or but you know what i mean like i just I, i i will watch anything once and at least and and give it a shot right um um but no i wouldn't so i wouldn't necessarily just go yeah, man, you got to see this movie, you know, blah, blah. I would I would tell people I would probably recommend it follows before this. Right. Because. Oh, no,
1: absolutely. Because that, that's it's, much more, more it's more
0: of a genre of film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's more it's certainly more palatable and more. in. The, I think in the cultural conversation still,
0: you know, uh, Jeff, you you know, I have to ask you this because I just sure. I, I just I felt compelled while I was watching it to ask you this. Do you David Lynch is all over this movie? Absolutely. Come on, man. I mean, this is like, I mean, I was watching, I was like, well, if It Follows was a love letter to Halloween, then if we're looking at his oeuvre, right, then we could say that this one is a huge love letter to David Lynch. I mean, oh, it, absolutely. The it, surrealist
1: it, aspects yes. of it. The, the, and
0: what's underneath and what, yeah. I mean, it's just, it I, I just felt, and, and yeah. it was respectful, right? Like, it wasn't like he was trying to remake or anything, but it was just this nice kind of like, hey, it echoes you know, there's it's, there's, the style, there's yeah.
1: well, there's also Dada-esque uh, fantasy sequences. So I, you know, especially the dog barking, you know, uh, a motif that comes up more than once. I think it comes up three or four times. Yeah. And uh, then, do you do you feel that it was unsatisfactory? I felt it was unsatisfactory at the end of this film that he tried to tie it up in a bow with yes. the, with the cult thing. Yes. I, I was just like, I was like, why did you go here? Like, I I mean- what did it?
0: it felt a little too um easy but you know given where he had sort of like taken us but i understood it and i was like okay all right fair enough you know i mean i wasn't like upset upset about it but i did feel like it was a if you had options on the script table you probably chose the simplest one right, right. Yeah. yeah
1: or the producers were pushing <laughs> Right, right, you got to give us something. Well, it,
0: at the end of the day, it ends up being a cult, right? I mean, right? I mean, that's that's I mean, that's all that's right. I mean, it's 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 much more of a
1: of a uh, interesting move to me is just to, to let it hang un sort of unrealized, you know. But it I'm also, okay
0: with ambiguous endings. Some so there there is a legitimate portion of audience base usually though who just does not like ambiguous endings. No, I, no, I, I don't. I, where are you at on it? I love it.
1: Oh, and I love it. it. I, because okay, it's, okay. it's just like it's it, it's anything that it's giving cinema. It's uh, a full potential. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's what you want to walk away with. You know um so yeah that's where i fall on that part of the spectrum cool <laughs> absolutely uh well we're lonely phds i'm dr jeffrey Hase. He's dr joseph watson we just got done talking about under the silver lake from 2018 written and directed by david robert mitchell we now move on to nightcrawler 2014 written and directed by dan gilroy dr watson what you got
0: you know, Mister Garrison. No, okay, I won't. I won't go into. Uh, I won't go into any more JFK. All right, uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, had you seen this before? I think oh, you yeah. had, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, did you see it when it came out? Was it in the I theaters? It it okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, discovered it. I think on Netflix. Uh, okay. I did not see it in the theaters, um, but it was several years ago when I when I saw because it. it's been on my list for the students for a while. Um, it's part of the double feature. I have Nightcrawler up there with Taxi Driver. That's fair. So I think, you know, I mean, I think there are enough connect, you know, because if the, the point of that assignment is to get them to just, you know, be talking about the two movies, sometimes they might focus more on the dissimilarities than the similarities, but I think there's enough fodder there, right? For them mm-hmm. to to talk about it. But uh, but Nightcrawler is is a different movie from Taxi Driver in some very significant ways, but um, but it echoes it. But it's a it's a film that follows lou bloom who uh, is played by jake gillenhall so um, good so he's good. so he's good bad. in this movie he's he really is just fantastic um uh, i had such a new appreciation for his facial expression and dynamic um he's often so much in close-up in this movie so you're seeing like his eyes and it's his, wide, so it's his wide it's his
1: wide-eyed Yeah, it's
0: just it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh but okay, so Lou is uh he's a driven guy but he's also very what I would say morally mm-hmm. ambiguous. Um he he's a freelance crime journalist hmm. living in Los Angeles. He becomes a freelance crime journalist. When we first uh-huh. meet him, he is basically a thief who is uh, stealing uh, all kinds of, you know, um, like fence materials and and metals and all kinds of things that could be recycled and sold to construction companies and trying to, you know, Lou is uh, a pinball. Like he's just bouncing around trying to find, so he desperately wants some sort of uh, validation. He wants to be seen. And I think he has this uh, obsession Uh, with being seen and validated uh, for what he is capable of doing and what he has eventually given uh, towards a job or towards uh, uh, um, the news media writ large so um so he becomes this freelance crime journalist because he observes uh this other dude one night at a wreck on the interstate right so he sees uh joe loader who's played by the wonderful bill paxton um just love bill paxton uh god god bless him rest in peace um but uh so so he gets kind of interested in this and then of course uh you know gets gets to be pretty decent at it but the the obsession becomes capturing the most shocking and sensational footage um and in order to do that he has to then be faced with engaging in increasingly unethical and dangerous behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what, what we're left with in the end is a story. In my opinion, it's a story about the lengths one goes to to achieve success or notoriety, particularly in the media industry, um, amidst a amidst a subtextual context here of media sensationalism, uh, blurring the lines between participant and let's say observer. Uh, and also the uh, the dark side of um, ambition, I think.
1: No, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I think here, it, you know, in in particular, you know, here is we adhere to rules and academics about participation and mm-hmm. you know where our lines yep. are, you know, mm-hmm. this is of course going more for journalism, uh, or whatever the hell journalism has become in the last. 25 years um it's certainly not reflective of things that it used to be uh when we were when we were growing up or even of our parents generation and what you know journalism was supposed to to represent right um you know this is this is more of a uh, you know what has become the norm of well i mean do we really just go back and start blaming the show cops at some point
0: i mean yeah, is that well, the, is that the yeah. urtext of i mean like, i don't this I, yeah i i I, I don't really know um you know i i think uh certainly the 90s uh we saw uh, an explosion i mean cops goes, of, cops I mean, goes yeah. back to the 80s i mean i know cops is an 80s thing but i'm i'm thinking more of sort of the 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 juxtaposition of what's been happening because you 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 have it twofold right um and this is one of the things the interesting things that i think that this movie plays out is a question, and it's relevant to what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Are we too desynthesized to the thematics of this movie uh, to the point where we are exhausted and have fatigue (laughs) and even giving over to a dramatized version of what we see in real life on the news and what we're inundated with there? I'm like, is that a problem with this film where when you're watching this, because we've seen this, we've lived this, and now we're watching it dramatized for us as our entertainment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that too much for some people? And they just go, I can't handle this movie like it's just, you know, it's I think
1: so. But that's where okay. that's where we've arrived at 2023. Yes.
0: Yes. Um,
1: yes. 2014, maybe not so much, but definitely now by the time 2023 is, is maybe that's why this film hasn't is still in a lot of conversation would you I mean, say george
0: george floyd's foot like like all of the all of the stuff body cam that, footage yeah, all yes of these i mean like... all of these advancements in technology really that exacerbated since rodney king uh you know we've we've seen this push and and there i do agree as a documentary filmmaker that you have as a observer you have a a set of ethical principles that you have to go by Uh that respect the not just the participants but also a crime scene also a you know i mean there's there's you could go down a list right of what this so the movie i think is is still instructive in a way because i would think that journalism teachers uh, could take this and go Here's where the you know obviously it's dramatized, but here's where the ethical consequences are, and here's where these choices stepped over the line. Um, but man, that sensationalism is still very much here in 2023, if not even worse now I than gonna it was. Say it's ex- you know, it's exacerbated, in 20- right? Yeah, it's exacerbated
1: yeah. by by cell phones and everything else. I mean, we're talking about the the uh uh the social uh uh the 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 what am i thinking of the the term is here is that the the person on the street dealing out you know justice and in, in recording things and
0: oh yeah 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 like the the know. micro movement and the, the local you know reporter um uh but now it's it's yeah i mean the the idea of structured credibility in terms of sources and all, i mean all of that is in question now right i mean and they were debating these things in this movie you know and i go well i guess to a certain extent they would still debate about a lot of this stuff but i don't know how much of a debate it is in 2023 versus when it was in 2014 i mean i i i still just keep thinking there were moments in the movie where, you know, he's upgrading his camera and I can see the technology that they're using in the vans and stuff. And I'm like, wow, that that is so 10 years ago. Right. But like these days it like, that would not even be the case. And I, and I know the friends that I have that are working in journalism now, Jeff, they do not have good stories. I mean, it's the, you know, especially the ones that are working at local stations because Mm -hmm. they're, they're getting sent out as a single unit. So, Mm -hmm. so you're the reporter, you're the cam op, you're the sound the editing you do all the post it's a one person gig mm-hmm. um you know and so in many ways you know the the journalist that works for the local station is really no different than the you know video news services or whatever it is that he starts in the movie you know they're just they're just a singular unit it's just one's working for a station and the other one's working you know independently but they're both trying to get at the same thing these days
1: well i mean, I mean but it's so hard to get away from network yeah you know well, what I, mean? well I mean that's I,
0: Oh, the it, movie network. Okay, gotcha. Right, gotcha. right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. No, no, you know, I mean,
1: yeah. it, it's it's still got its fingerprints on so, every time that there's some sort of media commentary uh, in, in film, you know, I always think of, I mean, network is still the first thing that I think of. And I don't think that this is too much a stretch, even though now we're looking at a film that's almost 50 years old.
0: No, I would, I would, I would think that, I mean, network is definitely, you know, it, it's it's seminal. Um, there are a few that I would lump into there uh that I think are are interesting. Broadcast news is one yes. that I would put in there uh as well as um well it's a little more politics and media, but face in the crowd.
1: Face in the crowd. What about but, Ace yeah, in the yeah,
0: Hole? I mean, and Ace in the Hole. Yeah, there's 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 some really, really interesting movies that do um look at Media sensationalism and where those lines are in really, would you put this one in that canon? Like, would you put it in? Oh no, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, good, good. It's got the finger.
1: It's it's got its fingers in it, is what I'm saying. And 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 you know, although although you know, its angle here is is taking it to maybe somewhere where we haven't gone before. Although I will say, it it you know, ace in the hole is pretty close um based on what kirk douglas is willing to do uh to to make that story happen
0: yeah yeah no i think that's i think that's an excellent analogy and and i think uh that they may be even conscious of it you know um because the gilroy's you know dan directed and wrote this but tony his brother was also a producer on this project Mm -hmm. and dan is married to renee russo i didn't know if that was common knowledge or not uh so the director and the actress who played nina they're 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 married and often collaborate um but those two brothers are no strangers to this kind of like Mm -hmm. subtext can you tell her so
1: what has tony gilroy done
0: uh, uh well i mean i think you know michael clayton is probably one of his most like respected yeah, at least in such, my it's a, a great film. movie um uh but then i mean i think if you want something more recent like he uh was the complete force behind rogue one and star wars which is another fantastic like entry in the series and then he also did andor the series yeah. so so he's he's been very active and if you if you imdb him i mean his he and dan both their script work i mean they've written a lot of scripts and worked on a lot of projects that we call
1: script doctors
0: over the last 30 years yeah i mean tony gilroy uh gosh um even going back to things like devil's advocate from the 90s like i mean just really uh, great stuff yeah (laughs) just really great stuff you know keanu and al pacino in that movie um
1: it's so um, it's so hard to not think about him chewing up that scenery (laughs)
0: Well, I just wanted to I just wanted to give some respect to the crew, because while we're talking about the film as a, a, you know, it's sort of subtext or or sort of cultural importance. I mean, just as a just as a technique and a movie, it's I mean, it's great performances. But I I do want to give a shout out to, you know, to the Gilroy's, but also to um, the DP on this, uh, Robert Elswit. Uh, This movie looks amazing. And I know you like Elswit because uh, do you know what else he's done? Uh, There will be blood. Oh, yeah. Inherent vice. Right. These are all movies that you. All right. So vi- visually that just and that takes a lot of incredible work to get that look, but then to also be shooting that look with multiple media and having to do mixed media types and mash right. them. All, that was it's, very good. But again, we're te- he's telling
1: a Los Angeles story and yes. we're talking about someone who has spent an inordinate amount of time telling framing thinking about how does the city look what is the look of the city what he does, knows the spots <laughs> he knows the spots he knows the spots so that that transitions into the question then of you know where does this film fit as an LA story then if we were talking about how the fictionalized places of under the silver lake you know uh, uh sort of creating well, a mm-hmm. not realistic viewpoint
0: well nightcrawler uh from my lived experience gets a little closer to the real los angeles um it is very um uh it's um (laughs) how should i say this uh it's very real in the sense that certainly sensationalism is craved it's even desired um by a certain segment of that city. But then um, I think that it also plays into the constant coverage of crime mm-hmm. in that city. And there is a lot of crime in that city. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in a lot of different places in that city. So um yeah, it hits a little more real. I think you've also got um people, I mean, we haven't even really talked about this, but you know, do you where where do you put Lou and Andrew Garfield's character? I can't remember his name at the moment. Sam. Sam, that's right. Where, how, where do we put Lou and Sam in conversation with each other? As are they uh, similar?
1: Absolutely. I, okay. I yeah. <laughs> um, these are two. These are two male characters of a specific age group of a specific time that are. And and again, there's so there's just no sympathy here, at least from this, from my viewpoint, that there's no sympathy for these characters, because it's just like, there are different ways to live your life. And there are different ways to go about, quote unquote, succeeding. These, you know, success for you know success for sam is being able to live the life that he wants to live just as it is for for lou right and unfortunately they don't want to play by the rules of the game Mm. um but that comes with a you know that comes with With a cost with a cost and a very hefty price tag you know um that's why i think that i i'm pretty sure that sam's the dog killer because he's got to get that instinct and that impulse out some way and lou of course well we know where he stands yeah (laughs) it's nothing nothing too great that's pretty transparent yeah 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 Yeah.
0: um you know and i just i remember there was this moment i remember i still have it i know it's coming in the movie but it's the first accident scene that he records and he moves the body right from where it's been thrown from the car right and 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 the, just so that he can get up higher and get the best shot right mm-hmm. um and 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 so he can like pan down like to the body and i i remember i still every time i see that moment when i see him cuz you see his moment of he sees it like he sees the shot right like in his head and i'm going don't do it don't do it. No, he's going to do it. Oh, shit. There he goes. He just crossed the line. Right. And if you do it once and you get praised for it, he'll do it again. You're going to do it again. Right. You know, Unless you... you've got somebody there going, no, you cannot touch that body like that. So, you know, you, you know,
1: you know why, Joey? Because this town loves a winner.
0: Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Throwing a little carpenter at me. All right. <laughs> let me just go surf Wilshire. You know? and yeah, I, yeah. Look for car Jack Malone. I did. It. I
1: couldn't. I couldn't help but think of that line while I was watching Nightcrawler. I was just like, "Man, this town loves the winter.
0: Well, you know, I busted. <laughs> I busted. Uh, I busted Escape from New York out on my birthday. Uh, my birthday was last weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, it got to the end of the night, and I just thought let me watch some comfort food. Right. And I just toss that thing in and man, I tell you that thing, just, it doesn't ever stop being great. There's just, there's just so many great moments in that movie. Uh, and then I had to keep going. And so then I popped in escape from Millie and I said double feature. So yes. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't seen him in a while, but it was such so much fun to, you know, to watch him again. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the escalation in this one too, in Nightcrawler, is interesting to me because, of course, it it comes to the horrific uh, uh, moment of the home invasion, yeah, uh, and leaves us very unsettled and wondering where exactly is this snowballing towards? You know, because you want him to. I mean, at least I even even rewatching it, I remember think I'm thinking to myself, I'm just like, God, can't somebody stop this guy? Like, this is just. <sighs> or who's going to stop this guy right you know? right i mean if if fcc regulations and editors and anybody else can't stop i mean who who steps up at this point you
0: know well it has to be nina right i mean that's the one who's who you know who sh- who should do it right mm-hmm. um but uh she herself is driven by her own ambition and her own greed and and wanting of of of, of power right um Uh, he has that great scene i love that scene where he takes her the footage and he just basically like rolls out all these demands right like i know exactly how much the station would pay for this and by the way in future negotiations this should be just the best bottom line because i've thought about a fair price and i've done you're right he just demands all this shit and she looks at if she's actually turned on by it right and it's it's that moment it's a great moment because you go oh wow she's just as greedy as he is and she's turned on by this and this is going to be whack wacky and destructive mm-hmm. to see where this goes because they're gonna enable each other you know she encourages him and he you know just keeps
1: well I mean the, keeps the going film, they're
0: feeding off each other you know
1: the point of the film is not to sway any of our fears it's just to reinforce them you know, right about, <laughs> about that we 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 think it's our worst two thoughts about duplicity <laughs> you know? uh push to it and again now almost 10 years later uh it's it's as it's it it seems prescient yeah you, you know right. uh, but i I won't I I, I never like to do that because I just think that people are a really good student of the moment and I i'm sure that the Gilroy Gilroy was working on the script for a long time you know and and again that's why I wanted to go back and at one point in our conversation and go well you know reality tv's been around since forever so you know where do you begin with that and that's why i went back to cops when i was thinking about it. i was just like what was the, really the first time you saw like real kind of violence and this sort of fabricated almost you know sensationalized sensationalized narrative you know, behind a guy who, you know, they're basically going to serve a warrant. Yeah.
0: I mean cops. I mean, I think I think I think honestly, um, you know, those shows like Survivor and Fear Factor and all that kind of reality television that was really hype based on uh, uh, it's uh, all it's all good. Um but uh I, I think But yeah, that, cops cops is probably one of the first, Jeff. Yeah, for sure. Um you
1: know. It, it, well, I I mean it just also speaks to, you know, what what type of people are attracted to these kinds of things as far as sensationalism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and, and I just, it always bothers me when I go home and my, my mom is watching reality television mm. and has for many years. And I always go, why what mm. are we doing, what do you, mm. you know, there, there's other things on. You know, don't don't I I just I don't see I, I've never seen the appeal of it.
0: Yeah, I I, mean, I beyond just um, you know I mean, there is a there is a sense of sort of wanting to always have a my finger on the pulse. Like I know of late the most recent, not and I don't watch these shows right, but if somebody uh, tells me that they're watching or addicted to x or y because i do have some friends that watch a lot of reality tv and um i don't judge them uh only because they still are able to watch other things as well but um uh but um there's one that's apparently on right now that's pretty popular and it's about senior citizens who are single and who are looking for like next or like I guess third act loves, right? In their life. Um, and it's incredibly popular. Um, I think it's on Netflix, but I haven't checked okay. it out. But that's the most recent one, right? That's uh that's the sort of pulse of where reality TV is at. And of course I think some of the standards are there. I mean, we should talk about uh, you know, the Osborne's, uh <laughs> that's right. the Kardashians, you know, I mean, all of these people who've sort of even stallone's got a show now with his kids you know i mean so yeah um it it, uh yeah and i mean so i mean each of them i guess has some sort of value but i'm not i'm just not sure what the draw is i can't you know big brother i just i just never jersey shore Mm -hmm. i mean there's just been so many and um it's just something that i never really got interested in i was always more interested in document i don't mind watching mockumentary which to me is what most reality television kind of comes across as um uh that's not to say that i have some genuine moments on reality tv but i i just you know most of it is if not all of it is is it is just so heavily scripted and orchestrated it's you know
1: well i i just i guess with these two films this week it certainly didn't make me feel better about uh uh, where we're at now as far as what our cultural habits right you know you know are and i know that's part of the point of these films yeah but it still is it's kind of a you know bummer of a reminder man (laughs) yeah yeah To, to, to take these things to this degree
0: yeah yeah yeah, no, it's true, and um, you know, it makes me think of you know, sort of one of the current moments that we're in with social media, right? Because uh, TikTok, you know, is another avenue for people to rapidly and widely share, you know, video, and some of it might be <laughs> sensationalist and and graphic, and all of the things that Nightcrawler is is uh, is is uh, presenting. Um, and um, you know, one of the things in this recent conflict, you know, um, with Gaza and Israel and all, you know, all that that whole area, uh, one of the things that came came out of that recently was mothers in America were algorithmically getting TikToks sent to their pages because of the motherhood connection, and so they were getting mother like basically terrorist videos, uh terrorist TikToks were showing up on their feed. Mm. Um and uh you know that's that's pretty scary. Um especially in the context of you know of Nightcrawler because there's not even really a gatekeeper. You know who's the Nina? What's who where's the gate you know it's that
1: brings me back it's a that.
0: machine. It's an algorithm. It's a yeah I mean who's 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 the gatekeeper, right? Uh and uh, you know, yeah, because it's uh, it's it's tragic all around. Um, you know, because on the one hand, we 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 have a desperate need to know information, um, but I think what we all consider first of all important information, and second of all, <laughs> and second of all, you know, this concept of the truth you know is is uh, you know the discussions about what is the nature of truth that both of these movies ask us to to question uh that is a conversation that is more philosophically relevant than ever before Uh, absolutely uh and um you know it's not a new one but it's got it's it's got a new face it's got a new model legs baby definitely has legs (laughs) you know and and um you know you know, I I'm one of those people who who believes that the truth uh, actually uh, is out there and can't exist. So,
1: all right, Mulder.
0: Well, you know, yeah. Uh But yeah, no, I I mean, I I it's uh it's a problem. It's a uh, it's a problem. And both of these movies um, address those thematics in in their in their respective ways. But there are a lot of similarities between the two.
1: Well, I I challenge our audience just as we have challenged ourselves this week to watch these two films. Uh, as a double feature, mm-hmm. uh any order that you want. I don't it doesn't have to be in a specific order. Right. Um, and uh and, and see what you can come up with. And and we would love to hear from you. You can contact us, lonelyphds at gmail.com with your thoughts about these things or if you have general questions for us. Or even quicker, you can click on our link to our Discord. Uh and there you can post about it uh, and and engage with us a little bit more uh, uh, about these two films, uh, Under the Silver Lake and Nightcrawler. And uh, I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up for us this week. So uh, until next time, I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes.
0: I'm Dr. Joseph Watson.
1: We'll see you then.